Trade Square is Australia's first business-to-business marketplace connecting people, brands and organisations into this diverse ecosystem in a unique global landscape. Through pivoting, transforming and reshaping, Australian businesses have an opportunity to create the model for the future that aligns with the world's needs and leveraging the power of a collaborative approach. Through the Trade Square podcast, we will bring together dynamic, diverse and thought-provoking leaders from business, government and organisations to have conversations to further enable new thinking for the future. to Trade Square, Australia's leading business-to-business marketplace. I'm Catherine Vandermeulen and joining me on today's podcast is Kylie Stone, CEO of the Performance Code and APAC partner for the Design House Collective. How are you, Kylie? I'm good, thank you. So tell us, who is Kylie Stone? Well, that's a great question. <laughs> uh, you know, as a, as, in, as a woman, I am a mother of three children I live in Sydney and I'm a business owner um, I and I would like to acknowledge actually also my Indigenous background. So I am a descendant of the Stolen Generations uh, where my family are from a couple of different regions. One is the Kalali Nations, which is about a thousand kilometres northwest of Brisbane. And later on, once uh, my great grandmother was moved uh, from uh, out of her community into a more of a mission where they pretty much had moved most Indigenous people it was a place called Waka Waka and that's where my my grandmother was born. So um, I am the first of first woman actually in four generations to, um, to not be taken from my family. So I have a rather colourful uh, upbringing and background. Um, I, I made a very interesting jump into media which was accidental I I call it but landed in a role where I was working in in media and storytelling and uh, kind of discovered that connection many many years later after uh, after you know finding out because for the most part while I was being raised we did not know much about um, you know our our background it was one of those it was quite taboo you didn't as raised as a Western you didn't get to talk much about that so uh, it, it's it's one of those loaded questions for me because of my identity and the and the difference in, in the background of my identity. Very interesting. Mm. So tell us about founding the Performance Code. Well, I in two thousand and fifteen, I was in a senior so I'd been in a senior leadership position actually at News Corp for about six years, and I just I'd had three kids in the space of three years, and. Uh, realized that it was not going to be possible for me to unless I could find a way to do it part-time it was just going to be too much of an impact uh on my family so I I negotiated part-time role but within you know a matter of months I found myself incredibly frustrated because I was no longer sitting you know at the executive team meetings I had to find and I'd lost all the accountability of my staff I was in the back office really just working on strategy projects and quite frankly I thought to myself you know, I didn't climb 20 years of a corporate ladder just to end up kind of in a back office, not not having an impact. So there was about a period of maybe two years that I went on a mission to look for, you know, what am I going to do to turn this around for myself? How do I get to express myself as a leader, uh, still make a difference without all the constraints that, that I found myself in, you know, in the traditional, you know, corporate model. So uh Organically, I ended up running a mentoring program for a group of women who were challenged with the same things. I 
that went for about six months and then I just start, you know, more and more people were asking me for mentoring because what was I doing in order to, you know, get through these challenges and just realised that actually it was a big gap. And so in 2015 I had the courage to leave despite at the time, you know, having kids and needing a pretty much a good wage. I uh, decided that it was more important for me to actually do the work that I was inspired to do. And so I started coaching and then started, that's when I left and started the performance code. Um, and really just, it was organic at that point. You love an organic story. So you also lead as a partner for APAC for the Design House Collective. Can you share more about this? Yeah, so uh, so I've been leading um, resilience and leadership programs at, in coaching. And at the beginning of COVID uh, last year, you know, obviously there was a big challenge and I was running these workshops for um, executives there and then COVID happened and it was one of the industries that got, you know, decimated was the, the coaching and development inside of corporate organisations. All the budgets just got wiped out. I got a phone call from Qantas saying, you know, we've just had to lay off 20,000 staff, you know, we're going to have to put all the work on hold. So at that point I came back and, you know, did what I normally do as a strategist, took a look at what was I going to do in the business, you know, was I just going to wait it out and rebuild. And But at that point I realised that actually my passion was not specifically working on leadership development, was working with leaders uh, in building brands and being able to apply the same kind of approach almost, like how do you impact performance whilst taking care of our wellbeing. And one of the interesting things I discovered was that, a clear vision and purpose is one of the foundations on developing resilience. And so the long story short of it, I, I made a transition and went, right, well, my commitment is to not work on leadership development. I'd rather work with leaders on building brands and that and utilising all those skills around purpose and vision and values to get people aligned. And uh, it was during that time I, I actually happened to be um, making that decision with a colleague who was in Vancouver and she was running, she runs Design House Collective and we were doing the same work. She just happened to be already doing it, working with, with entrepreneurs and founders on building brands and I was doing it with executives. And so we kind of made the decision that we would, you know, go into a partnership and I'd take, you know, I'd lead the APAC region and doing that work and that would be my transition out of purely working in leadership development so when it comes to big scale projects, you know, predominantly working with, you know, business owners and founders, that they're really great, you know, in terms of their technical expertise and their passion for building a business. But for the most part, often they don't have all of the, you know, the high level strategic um, planning, the, the the high level strategic CMO type activities and the design of that. So uh, that partnership for me gives me additional resources so I don't just go in and do the work by myself. I access, I've got this whole pool of talent from around the world, um, you know, in design thinking, organisational transformation, business engineering. And so we literally come in as partners for people who are running organisations to just provide what's necessary in order to scale. And so with these businesses, how have they changed over the last 18 months to really create further impact? Because obviously there's been lots of transformation uh, and lots of change going on. Yeah, look, I think um, I think what we're certainly seeing even in a corporate, very different from a corporate point of view to independent business owners, um, is a lot more collaboration. And I think that um, you know, I certainly noticed that for myself when I went through that transition um, at, at Qantas at the time, 
you know, a lot of people are kind of looking, saying, you know, I've got to just do things very differently these days. What we're doing is not working and we've got to discover a new way of going about things. So I think there's been a big shift to, to outsourcing. Um, a lot of companies pivoting, even restructures and changing strategies. They're discovering that despite making all those changes, they're not seeing the results. So um, one of the things that we're certainly doing is is going is kind of employing more of the skills that you'd see tradi- in traditional marketing roles or HR roles and embedding it right across the business so that people as individuals feel like they've got the talent and the expertise to kind of impact the results of the business. And so thinking about over this time, how have resilient, dynamic and resourceful individuals played a key role in working towards transforming the business sphere as a whole uh, through these times of change? Well, I have to say this is a tough one um, because resilience in a period like this is very challenging. Uh, There's a lot of stress uh, on people and it makes it very difficult, you know, to keep doing things um, that the way they were, and especially as resources are very tight. So one of the things that I've noticed uh, that differentiates those who uh, are excelling is quite serendipitously slowing down you know when we actually stop and take things out of existence focus more on an individual's well-being rather than ramping up because I think traditionally what tends to happen is people just think they've got to do more do more do more but that doing more just causes more burnout Mm. so it's been the reverse so what's happening is people are going actually no we need to deal with you know the issues of mental health especially you know the focus on well-being and then realizing that that focus on well-being is actually having a direct impact on performance surprisingly so they're the ones that are actually getting the benefit and so what's a key message that you are super passionate about that you are championing through your work number one is collaboration that would be the key um you know we tend to think that we have to be responsible whether you know whether we're as a business owner or or inside a you know a, a bigger company that we've got you know we get titles you know you get in a job and you know you might be a director of something and or as a business owner you're accountable for the whole business but the the problem with that is that they people then think they have to take care of everything themselves and so there's a a, a lack of collaboration or teamwork that goes across the business now there's a few different ways that I've heard this spoken about. Um, shared leadership is one. You know, people are kind of adopting more of a spread of accountability across the business. Business owners are actually realizing that they've got to outsource to try to get the right skills in, or at least partner up with other businesses. So there's a lot more strategic partnerships going on in the business world than I've ever seen before. And I do think the key to that is, and this is not easy also, like I've been working with a couple of organizations actually where I've got partnership models and collaborating is is a very difficult thing because as human beings, we tend to be very good at operating independently. And when it comes to operating in teams, it's just a whole new level. So that's a big thing that I'm, I'm kind of pushing for at the moment. I'd love to further unpack the art of storytelling and how that is really used in business and how we can use that in businesses to create more meaningful connections. Well, it's a direct link for me to the ability to be able to work as a team. Um, And storytelling in business is generally about, and this is one of the things that's kind of not happening as well as I think we could, so storytelling, if you look um, in the traditional sense, you could say, in fact, it was actually about a businesses telling their story to their, to their ideal customers. 
And if you told the story of the business, then you'd get more customers and traditionally we'd call that marketing. Um, but today uh, what we're seeing is that, in fact, those stories often tend to talk more about the business and what the business is good at. But people don't want to hear that. What they're actually interested in hearing about is what's going to make a difference for them in their lives. So today, um, storytelling, those who do it really well, talk more about the stories of their customer. So it's the story of the purpose and the vision of the company and the brand, which fundamentally is like, well, what is the problem you are solving for me? And how does that make a difference to me in my life? So when you see that play out, for example, on a company's website or in their marketing materials, if it's done well, you will not read anything about the business. All you will read about is the customer and their journey and their benefits and what they get from actually being engaged with that company. So that's perhaps the most powerful part is when you get the story of your business right so that it is talking about your consumer and you enable all the staff in your company to align on that story, you get a very powerful connection to results and engagement as well as engagement with employees. So that's the main part. Of course, the other part is the ability to connect and collaborate internally. And if you're going to do that, not only do you need to be clear about the business story, but an individual's personal story also contributes. Um, and this for me is the one that resonates with kind of my background um, and my Indigenous culture. You know, Indigenous First Nations people are obviously, you know, been storytellers for years. And we know that sharing personal stories is the way to create a personal connection. And connections as an individual is what creates collaboration. And when you get collaboration and teamwork in an environment or a company, you get better results. And so over the years, you have won many awards and accolades. Which are you most proud of and why? Oh, great question. Um, uh, I can't say one for sure. I think because accolades for me um, are really about just a validation of is what I'm doing the right thing? Is what I'm doing on track with my intention? You know, I got an award once for uh, as part of NADOC actually as an Indigenous woman in business. And for me that was an indication for me that I'm on track with my cultural alignment and making a difference. And then last year I got LinkedIn's top 20 voices. And again, that again just was a validation for me that what I was doing was on point um, with what I was talking about at leadership development. So uh, they've all been, I'm proud of every single one of them. And, and for me, it really is just a test to make sure I'm doing the right thing. Awesome. And so where will your focus on impact be over the next 12 months? Um, yeah, I... Sticking true to purpose is a big one for me. Um, out of everything that we're seeing around performance and being able to specifically impact people's well-being, I mean, running a business is hard work and a lot of business owners are exhausted. And But that, that one thing I think if we look at everything that makes a difference is to make sure that at the end of the day we stop and actually take a look for ourselves and see whether or not what we're doing is actually making a difference. Is this how I want to live the rest of my life? Do I want to keep operating like this and not be able to spend time with my family? Do, is this level of exhaustion doing me any good? And I mean, we're in a state where, and this is not just pandemic, this is pre-pandemic, you know, 85% of people are unhappy in their work. Mental health issues are the highest they've been, you know, in 13 years. 
Um, we've got autoimmune conditions, which are stress-related diseases that are just, you know, accelerating. So for me, it has to be about what are we doing as an individual to stop, to reflect on our purpose and then see how we can use our purpose and the way we work to make sure that what we are doing actually makes a difference and that we don't live our life inside of regret. And so this year, Trade Square has been connecting to women who choose to challenge in their roles. How do you choose to challenge? Saying no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, what have I, you said I, no to lately? Uh, a lot, actually. I have been I, I'm actually... Great question because at the moment I am running a mastermind for women in leadership and business and we've got 15 women in the group and we've been going now for the last, I think it's seven weeks and one of the things that was common for every single woman is they're really great at saying yes, they're really great at volunteering and offering help and yet they're not great at asking for help. So they don't stop to identify, oh, what could I ask somebody else to help me with? So actually being able to stop offering everybody else help or stop saying yes to helping others and start saying yes to actually what have I got to take out of existence so that I can focus on doing what's going to make the biggest difference for me. Love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your world and your wisdom with Tradesquare. Thanks. For more information on TradeSquare, head to www.tradesquare.com.au and support Australian business economic recovery and growth with a collaborative approach to the future of business.